You're listening to Kilometer Zero by The Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Well, Lionel, I say Yaroslav Popovic. What do you say? Well, I think of a Ukrainian rider who had the signs of being a world beater when he was under 23. I mean, literally did beat the rest of the world, didn't he? World under 23 road race champion in Lisbon in 2001. Third overall in the Giro in 2003, second year as a pro. And then two years after that, really a symbolic Tour de France result because he was the best young rider wearing the white jersey. He was Lance Armstrong's teammate and it was Lance Armstrong's seventh and final Tour de France win asterisk not really and it felt like Popovic was going to be one of the stars who would vie for the vacant crown when Lance Armstrong retired but it didn't really turn out that way he did win a stage quite impressively in 2006 but never really um, matched that early hype and potential as you say Lionel he was a prodigious talent that 2001 season when he won the world he also won the Paris-Roubaix under 23 he won a couple of really big races Italian amateur races, Trofeo Piva, Palio del Recioto, and people in Italy were talking about him as the next Merckx, but as you say, there were flashes, there were flickers, there was that win in Carcassonne in 2006, Tour de France, there were only four other victories, and he, he eventually became a very good domestique, didn't he? He was one of a couple of strong Ukrainian riders in that generation, Serhai Gonchar was another one. There aren't too many Ukrainians around these days, are there? We've got Mark Padun, of course. There's only one here at the Giro d'Italia, and he's 19 years old. And he's Andrei, his name is Andrei Ponomar. Now, here at the Giro, he's quite reluctant, for reasons you'll probably understand and hear more about in just a second. He's reluctant to talk about the war that's currently going on in the Ukraine, the Russian invasion. However, he did give one interview, the Corriere della Sera, a few days ago. Um, his seven-year-old sister and his mum have in fact just joined him in Italy. He's living in a place called Nove near Vicenza and it was an arduous, well it was a harrowing journey that his sister and his mum made to get to Italy. They stayed in a bunker for three weeks and they escaped through Poland, Romania and Slovakia having had to turn back five times because they came to Russian checkpoints. He said he told uh, Marco Bonerigo and Gaia Picardi of Il Corriere, they were shell-shocked like zombies. They were experiencing symptoms of PTSD that were being triggered by sirens, just normal ambulance sirens. And his dad, he's also fighting in Ukraine, has been fighting Donbass for several years, and Andre's in regular contact with him, and he's telling him stories about the Giro d'Italia and how it's going for him here. He has the feeling that his dad is not sharing everything that he's experiencing in Ukraine. And it's, well, it's quite remarkable that... He's able to carry on here at the Giro. A couple of days ago, I spoke to our good friend Gianni Savio, his team manager, just about how he's getting on. So, he, he sure, uh, it's not possible that uh, he is uh, in uh, a good condition for, uh, for the wear in, uh, in his country. But uh, I think that uh, he is beginning to have uh, a good mentality. And Lionel? Well, he's currently 116th on general classification as of stage 12, which has just finished in Genoa. Unimaginable, really, for a 19-year-old, well, for anyone to go through that. But symbolically, he's in the Ukrainian 
champion's jersey as well, isn't he? So he is literally flying the flag of Ukraine every day he rides here in the Giro d'Italia. And that makes him very noticeable when he comes over the line. And um, I, I suppose I'm, I'm rooting for him, really. Also very much flying the flag for Ukraine over the last couple of months has been Popovic. Um, in late February, he was working at the UAE Tour in his current role, in his current guise as Trek Segafredo Director Sportif. And he took to social media to express well, his horror at what was happening back home in Ukraine and also to ask for help. I want to tell you one very nice story. Very nice story. <laughs> Yesterday I was in the race. One of my friends sent me a message to ask some help for his family. This was two, two women with the two kids, seven years and one years old. Kids, they tr crossed the border from Ukraine to, to Poland. And they was, uh, they was, they need to go into Milan and they don't know how to arrive to Milan. The, the buses was full, train was full, everything was full. And, uh, now they started the story because I meet one person, special person, like I think eight years ago in the discotheque after the tour of Poland. In Kraku, I meet one person. We have a lot of fun. After this, we change the phone number between him. We exchange this phone number. We still in contact, like for the Christmas, you know, for for some things. This guy Wojtek have the uh, bike shop in Poland, Fabrika Rowerov. Uh, he sent me a message already three days ago. He said, if you need some help, something, I called to this guy, to Wojtek. He was immediately ready. Yesterday afternoon, he picked up this family. They bring, he bring them to home. Now that's taken him, that appeal has taken him on a journey that I don't think he envisaged at the time and which has left the rest of the cycling community awestruck by the sacrifices he's made and the lengths he's gone to to help his compatriots back home. A few days ago on the rest day in Abruzzo in Montesilvano near Pescara, I sat down with Yaroslav Popovic who's working here at the Giro to relive some of what he's experienced over the last two or three months. I'm, I'm born in a very small village, uh, Skalino. It's like uh, 50, 60 kilometers from the border with Poland. It's uh, Lvov region. And I lived there in small, the small village until uh, 12 uh, years after I moved to a bit big city, Drogobych. I started to cycle there, there to the school, cycling school. After two years, I moved to Kiev. Uh, near Kiev, one uh, like university, sport university, what we have in, uh, in Ukraine. And uh, when I was 19, I went to Italy. And what kind of family do you have in Ukraine? Your brothers, sisters, a big family, small family? Uh, yeah, my family is quite big. We have four kids. Uh, I'm older one. Uh, after I have my sister, she's uh, 40 years. And uh, I have my, ma my, my mom was um, uh, married second time. Uh, we have like... Uh, 
little uh, sister, she is uh, 20 and brother 24. And they all, they all de there in Ukraine now. And would you say you're proud? Were you always a proud Ukrainian? Were you patriotic? Yeah, I'm very patriotic for the, you know, if I live in Italy already 22 years, but uh, I never took the passport, the uh, Italian passport, I was always Ukrainian and uh, I really like always fight for my, my country, I always see the events, uh, uh, always keep from, from my country. My part of Ukraine where I'm born is really was always patriotic. We talk only Ukrainian, we was always against Russian <laughs> because, uh, yeah, we always like this is part of Ukraine. We are really like proud to be Ukrainian. We speak only Ukrainian, but okay, with Polish uh, some words. Uh, and uh, I'm from part is most speaking Ukrainian. After in the middle, they have the mix and uh, they close to Russian, they speak Russian. And just to set the scene for what happened in this spring, so you retired, I remember the day when you, in the Roubaix Velodrome, I remember you pulling over onto the grass and I think you fell over, I remember I was there. And um, well, just sum up the last few years for me and also how you felt about your career when you finished, um, how you look back on your career. Uh, you know, like uh, when you finish a cycling career, when you was riding 24 years bike and uh, 16 years professional, this was a little bit difficult things but for my side I think it was good choice to to do the half um, season you know like Roubaix after Roubaix I was in one month I was already like sport director I not have time to thinking uh, about this because before the stop my career I talk with another riders who are retirement they say it will be a really difficult period when you stop in off of season you have like three four months to thinking to winter you know to start again season like sport director example so this it will be difficult, but I stopped in really good way. I was, yeah, it was a little bit different things because you think if I'm rider, I need to ride. I don't need to stay in the car. And uh, but now it's already like almost six, seven years. I'm six years. I work like sport director. It's it's okay. And as I said, when you finish, I mean, I don't need to tell you when you started. Everyone said the next Mercs. Um, because of what you did as an amateur. And then in your last few years at Trek, you were often, you were riding as a sort of domestique, uh, sometimes, Would that, is that that's right? And in the last few years as yeah, uh, Trek. Yeah. Um, when you still used to hear that at the end of your career, people say, oh, Popovich, he should have been this, he should have been that. What was your response to people? You know, like, uh, the people, uh, normally the things, like, the one rider have the, the a lot of people around who supposed supposed to choose him, you know, as supporters, everything, and they think in one way, but riders think in another way because we are is our job. We not do this for fun. We do it's really nice to do for fun. A like job is you. I did like this all my life, you know, but uh, they need to understand. People need to understand. Like we need to take the our choice. Yeah, I, I take the choice. You know, I say okay if I will win example. Uh, uh, three, four, ten, ten races in the year, but if I can work, I can have same amount of money or more. Why not? And also, the my problem, like my problem was, uh, I always was with the riders. They were stronger like me. You know, I'm not can say okay, I do a little bit less work after I do something for myself. It was not in my mind, in my head. I always did 100% for my leaders. And if you know, I was with uh, with Lenz, I was with Contador, I was uh, with uh, Evans, with Cancellara, with all these guys. I not can beat them, you know. I, I can do all, only the good good job, good work for them. 
and I, I found my dimension and I was happy always. When I do something and they won, I was most happy people in the world because this was some small piece also from myself to this victory. For this, I was always happy. Still gassing on fueling? Not sure what or when to eat and drink on rides that matter? Never again. Optimize your fueling strategy with real-time glucose data, actionable insights and personalized analytics. We're here to help you achieve your performance goals. Go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your energy levels and fuel for success. The Cycling Podcast, powered by Supersapiens. Hey everyone, Sam Brand here from Team Nova Nordisk again. Whoa, 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 what a day. Um, just got to the hotel after stage two of Tour of Hellas. Uh, we began in Athens uh, at the Olympic Stadium and uh, first, I think, 20k was uphill and then um, sort of along the flat and a, a bumpy finish and then downhill descent and then uh, sprint finish and we managed to um, work unbelievably as a team put Andrea at the front and uh, he sprinted to second uh, everybody is elated over the moon and this shows how good we are when we work as a team and uh, honestly you know it's it's such a special feeling to see Andrea on top form to see the guys on top form working together you know showing what's possible with diabetes like working together really well driving change in diabetes throughout the world and doing this and um, what we can do with our mission is so humbling it's so it's a privilege and um, I can't think any better way to do it than what we've done today so uh, thank you for the support and yeah we'll check in later on but uh, now we're going to go and enjoy enjoy this feeling So we get to this year um, and already around well, January and even last year, I think people who know nothing about Ukraine, we knew that something might happen with Putin. What did you think was going to happen this year? Did you worry that what we have seen happen was going to happen? You know, like uh, the, in the first uh, week of the war, I'm even not believers happened. Is Even more, you know, like for 10, two weeks, I was... Ten days, two weeks. I was not thinking it's really true. I think I was thinking it's some films and some movie, you know. And uh, it was difficult to accept in, that happened in your country. And uh, I saw this country in the last uh, three, four years. We we did a lot of uh, big steps for the future. You know, uh, we could, we they did a lot of roads, hotels, uh, business. Everything was growing up like uh, like flowers, you know. And uh, one day it's happened, the war started, now it's destroyed almost everything what we did for this. is really di- difficult for me to accept it. And uh, what I know, you know, from, I have really a lot of friends, they in really high level of the politics example. And I ask them, you know, like in first day, what will be happen? And they say, listen, it will be not one month or two. And now I have even confirmed it will be years, years to keep keep out this uh, Russian from, from our land, uh, from our country, you know. It will be a difficult period. 
And you had already been tempted to fight in 2014, is that right? Yeah, in the Ukraine war was never stopped, you know, like in 2014 when they occupied our region Donetsk, Lugansk, uh, you know, yes, the world knows this, everyone was talking, but after some months everything go down, it's like normal thing, already journals or television was not not talking about this nothing and the people were thinking it's finished everything but every day in ukraine was war they was fighting every day people was dying but uh, it was military people dying you know uh, we inside ukraine we know this war was already seven years and now it's happened big mess so when it happened i think you were at the uae tour is that right and how quickly did you did this worry and the fear and the anger did that turn into the desire to do something straight away <laughs> yeah I, i was immediately you know when this uh, when i knew it in the morning it started war also i have chat with my friends you know they say this morning they say one of them they say i already start from kiev take your family and uh, go away go away you know normally if i will be there i will for sure to wait some days but He, he's this guy a businessman he know a lot of things he say guys take everything what you can and go away from Kiev and exactly some of them went away directly some of them after some days and for me it was immediately in the first day I was already thinking to, to come back in Ukraine to protect my, my country and uh, yeah I received a lot of support from my team and uh, like Luca called me say listen you can leave uh, the UI tour and go to home but I understand It will be difficult for the team send another director for only for two three days. Uh, I will not help nothing in these days. For this, I wait uh, wait till the end of the race. I come back to Italy, and the, my first things when I'm not do nothing, you know, it was yeah, come back to Ukraine, uh, take the gun or something, uh, fight fight for the country. After I come back to Italy and. Uh, You live in Florence, yeah? Oh, near, close to, close to with Florence. with your family? Uh, yeah, with my wife, and my kids. Yeah, yeah. I live there, and uh, you know, when I come back, I start to call to my friends and say, I, I want to come back. I not say nothing to my wife. <laughs> I will it will be surprised, but surprise for her. And but my friends say, listen, now we are really okay with the with the army. We are okay with the people. Uh, we take only the people with experience, military experience, to to do something. If you will come, you will uh, do some work what you don't really like. If you can help here from Europe, and I start to collect the the things and bring to Ukrainian border. And you you launched an appeal on Instagram, didn't you? Um, and a lot of people brought things. Tell me, explain to me how that worked. Well, as you know, it was like, yeah, I'm coming back from, from UIA. I was like uh, thinking only about the, what happened. You know? I was not sleeping for a year, for days. Uh, and uh, I went there. I was in home. I want to, to say something to the people. You know, it was, I uh, did this video. I'm, after I'm delete, I did again. I'm delete. I'm, I did like three, four times because I'm like person who not ask, never help, you know, I'm, Normally, I'm always helped to other people. Well, I, mean, I guess you came to Bergamo when you were 20 or, and you had no help. You had to survive on your own. Yeah, I went, yeah, I was 20. I never held nothing. You know, my family was really a uh, pure family without money. And uh, I never asked nothing to no one. I did always by myself, you know. Also, yeah, in this moment, I ask help, you know, from all people. 
and it was amazing how many people saw this video and uh, and call me propose propose the help and this was this was really really amazing because I'm organized a lot of uh, houses trips for many peoples in around the Europe you know it was uh, many many people from Germany from Poland from uh, Belgium Holland Spain they they call me they help the Ukraine, Ukrainian people you know it was this was really amazing so there were friends who offered people who offered to take refugees but you also you collected all the supplies food nappies and then you you hired a lorry is that right and you yeah i, I did the like my, one of my friends italian guy he gave me that big uh, big uh, hub big big um, how was name they, 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 not houses where fabric like was yeah one place warehouse warehouse yeah he gave me this place and we collect uh, everything what is possible the clothing uh, uh, food uh, medicine but uh, I was really specialized uh, specialized in medicine because I have the friends they was really in the front in the first line to fight with the Russian forces and they was needed the, the medicine and I collect medicine I collect a lot other things but we live there in warehouse but uh, I'm every three four days I was traveling 3,500 kilometers to the border and I come back Tell me what what's the route from Florence? So you go up to through Croatia? Or? Uh, no, because <laughs> it was difficult because uh, I I'm bring the medicine and we were scared. Uh, the, the closest way is uh, Slovakia, Hungary, Ukraine. It's from Florence is like uh, one thousand three hundred k. It's really like, but uh, Hungary was forbidden to 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 bring like military help or something through the country. Because they stay really close to to Russia, and I was hel- uh, I was scared uh, they will sequest, sequest sequest something or they will take it away. For this, I need to do the Italy, uh, Vienna, like uh, Austria. I went to Brno in uh, Czech Republic, Pol- Poland, uh, uh, Ukrainian border. And because the first uh, three four trips I did with the full full of medicine, it was like I think. 150,000 euro for, or more the, 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 the things for this I was scared really to lose this uh, and this was really important you know for this I do the big big loop to come there and then when you get there are you just leaving the stuff and going back or what happens yes, yes because normally if I will go through the border to Ukraine uh, I will never go can go out because we have the now rules 18 till 60 years uh, men not can leave Ukraine and uh, for this, my father with another two guys, they was they over 60. For this, they, they crossed the border with a three minivan. I have a really big one. And we did in almost in the border, this depend of the days, uh, to take from my van to, to them. And after I come back, uh, take some people to, to Italy, uh, they cross the border. They put in my, in my father in the house where I was born. And after another people will came because we have like one go one like specific things go to Kiev, another go to Nikolaev, another go to another things for the hospitals example. We have like really big uh, difference. And for this, I I did these trips. So you haven't been into Ukraine. You can't go no, into no, Ukraine. It was really like strange to be there like 300 meters from the border and not can go to your country. It was really strange and painful, and you know like. If you see what, what happened there, you want to help, it's, 
Ah, yeah, it's only a disaster. And, and this went on for a few weeks, a few journeys. And what was the most difficult bit emotionally? What was the, the moment where you were hit the hardest? First, uh, it was the first time when I come there in the border. It was after, I think, 10 or two weeks of the start of the war. When I arrived uh, close to the border, it was like uh, railways. Yeah, there was train coming. And like three, four kilometers to, to arrive to the border, I saw this old Ukrainian train was going really slow to Przemysl, to Polish uh, city, close to the border, and was full, full of kids. But kids like from 8, 10 years or 13, you not see... Now this is the eyes of these kids. They was looking somewhere in the new country, and they for sure don't know where they go or what they they go. And after I was there in the border, like for for three four hours to wait, my father was coming because it was really line for three four days to stay in the line to cross the border. But we organized, you know, with the friends. They passed without the. I'm still staying there for four hours, and I saw every five ten minutes the buses was going with the, to bring the, the kids and it was only kids, only kids, only kids. And when I went to really close to the border, it was uh, a lot of um, women with the kids also. They was with the small bags, everything what they only can carry, carry on. And they was there, you know, desperate and they don't know where they need to go. Uh, some of them have some who, who will take them out, some friends, I don't know, family or something, but... Many people ask me where we need to go now, if you can bring us somewhere. Or it was terrible because, you know, the, you arrive in one country when you don't know nothing, and you need to go somewhere. You don't know where to go. And this was a big thing for me. It was I'm 40, 44 years old man, you know, with healthy everything. I not can do nothing for these people. This was really, really hard. I was crying like four hours there, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. oh. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's sun. <laughs> okay. Fuck. <laughs> After was uh, difficult things, you know. I was, I'm personally like always smiling, always. But. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. First months I was almost not not laughing nothing, but after you start to be you know like thinking everything is pass pass away. Now people uh, start to understand everything. Also I'm talking with my friends. They say now even like some city like Kharkov or another city, they they can in every moment can arrive the bomb, but people already not not have uh, power or to go every time down under under uh, gra- uh, ground you know and they walk they do the everything but every moment can arrive something Well, Luca Guercilena, team manager, team manager, do you call yourself that? Team principal of uh, Trek Segafredo. We've all seen what Yaroslav has been doing the last couple of months and we're all full of admiration for it, but he couldn't have done all of this without your support and the team's support. Was it a difficult decision? Did you hesitate at all to give him, I guess you've given him time off, to do what he's needed to do? 
No, no, absolutely not. I mean, since day one, when we saw what was happening and knowing uh, that Popo has the, the family and so on, we gave him the free time to take care about uh, the situation. So essentially, he has um, a couple of months off from the races and we allowed him also to use the team money to support whatever he needs and uh, just uh, obviously aid and medicine and stuff like this for the Ukrainian people and uh, absolutely we we support him full full time you know because first is a person that deserve it and as i wrote also in one of my in my post i mean popo has had so many people in his life because we leave him uh, day by day and we know how much people he, he, he helped in his life so it was the time that we are helping him and uh, I think he deserves it way more so he's, uh, we are more than happy to do it I guess there are two things the, the time he spent he spent you know going to well, the Ukrainian border and coming back to when he's not been working and then now he's here at the Giro he obviously has to fully focus he admitted to me that it's quite difficult for him you know he's still emotional he's still trying to follow the news and so on and so forth how do you support him when he is actually on races? Well, I mean, clearly uh, the time spent in the car at the race is the easiest because you're just focusing on that. Then obviously you see when the race is finished, he's full on his phone to call, contacts and so on. So we just need to give him the, the right freedom at that moment and then catch back at the dinner, have fun to just don't let, it th- don't let him think all time to the world. And I, uh, and I think that that's what we can do because essentially... In this kind of situation, you know, for how much we understand him and we try to support him, he's all, he's all on his shoulder, you know. You have parents there, your family, your friends, and it's very tough. So what we can do is really to give him support in the moment we are together and make him happy to stay with the group. Do you fear, Yara, that obviously for the first week, two weeks, everywhere in the world, it's a big news story, everyone wants to help, and then the world moves on and other, you know, other news stories become the big, you know, the big talking point? But it's always like this, you know, we, uh, it was amazing, you know, the first week, how many people helped. I was in, in this hub, in this uh, warehouse, it was amazing, amazing, amazing how many people... And now it's cooling, chill down, cooling down. You know, the, uh, less less people help, and the only Ukrainian who live in Italy, we start to uh, to collect, still collect. But and now it's like finish everything. You know, now you need to ha- go to ask the people. And for example, now we even not receive the food uh, nor medicine, nothing. And uh, now we buy the ambulance. <laughs> we I want to also I'm search to buy the fire uh, firefighter uh, truck because we need these things. You know, we try to buy the cars that cost not a lot. You know, because if you can buy the car for three, four thousand, five thousand euro, uh, this car can be disappeared or bombed in the, in two, three days. For this, we buy the old cars. We send there to to Ukraine. But the problem now is you know I have. Uh, I not have no one who can do this. I'm here. I'm really like busy, and for this I wait when I come back after Giro to continue to do something. Uh, now it's really like difficult, you know, because always driving the car and can talk in the telephone, but 
we will come back. Is it hard to stay focused on the job? And I guess you want to also find out what's happening. You want to look on, you know, be looking at the news. And yes, this was really difficult, you know. In one moment after first months, I was almost exposed because you need you want to help everyone. You read the news, you know, not sleep well. I'm lose like 10 kilo in the in the one and a half months without do nothing, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, after one moment, I say, okay, basta. I will not read the news anymore because I, I will explode. I will have a sickness or something. And uh, yeah, I'm start to take also rest, like one day in the re- take rest with my family because I'm start to losing my family also. You know, they was not see me uh, like only for some hours when I came sleep home. And uh, when I start to read less news, I start to be, feel better. Even now, I'm. I, I I I try to not not do this, no. But even when you go in the bed, you start to check the news and uh, you start to again thinking. Oh, it's a little bit difficult, but now now it's much better. Last few things, Yara. Um, how did you feel about going to Hungary for the Giro? I guess you went, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was difficult to be there. You know, like when you understand this country, like really pro-Russian, and they. Yeah, I not not can say nothing about the people because you have a lot of people who help, you know. But the political things it was really difficult. I was hoping no one will come to ask me something because I will be react really bad, you know. Because so I was really quiet and not do nothing. Yeah, it was difficult when you when you see something like not going in the direction what you will want or like normal view of the people. But it's also you know I'm not like a kid. I'm I have already a lot of experience, you know. Uh, for this, I'm yeah, I'm angry about the Russian. But if Russian understands something, I'm quite okay. But still, it's you know, it's your country do this. I have a lot of people who even say it's not true. It's I will I will fight with them. And obviously, a lot of people have well praised you and said and sent you nice messages. It's fantastic what you're doing. How does that make you feel yourself? To I mean. We all know that doing things for other people makes us feel good. How have you felt about yourself in the last month? Well, you know, I'm, I'm I li- yeah, I like when the people say you thank you or when you help the people, if you see you can help something. Because this happened, uh, like, it's really, like, grateful, you know, like, uh, in my warehouse was uh, working a lot of refugees because we have, we receive a lot of stuff and we not can storage everything, you know, where we need to, like, uh, we're... Uh, like we receive food, everything with the with the clothing or everything. But we did like food this way, this way. It was a lot of people who helped. One was one woman with seven or almost eight months pregnant. When uh, we have some uh, food, we have some uh, clothing, we have the carry on for the for the kids. You know, we give already to her everything. She have everything, and uh, she was crying when we give everything. This, you know, she escaped from the war. She lose his house, the husband. Uh, and we give her everything for already baby will coming and she uh, take me hug you know she was crying and every time when you see the people without the clothing without nothing we you give them small things so and they really like happy it's it's i think it's really nice feeling you did something but normally i was always thinking i not did enough for for, for them you know for this is but it's it's really nice feeling i really like appreciate but also my team, they, they help me like amazing. They give me like two months free, uh, even they give me the money. Also teammates, they collect the money and uh, all the people, I want to say really, really thank you. Like uh, riders who was with me in the, in the 
in the in the team even the sport directors from another team like masseurs from another team they they helped me a lot because i wanted to stay say thank you to them it's from all the countries on the world thank you and you said your friend told you straight away this wasn't going to last one month or two months what do you think is going to happen now what's your best guess as to what's going to happen over the next few months i know like <laughs> bad things for sure when the, we, we stop them when they finish the weapons everything uh, we uh, easy easy we will uh, kick, kick them out from ukraine but you know like uh, for sure in the first months they the idea was take the key uh, when they will come in the key it will be finished you know ukraine will, will be already out but uh, what they say like in the last months for sure ukraine was more protected uh, city in the world you know because our president was uh, there and uh, now what will happen for sure they will uh, they occupied already many region and they will uh, never go out uh, from there like in one day you know uh, only when they will escape when we we will fight with them but my really like things now we ukraine not ukraine what we was in 2014 when we was without nothing because uh, after when uh, all the um, states of ssr chichichp they was uh, split in 1992 you know this was it was really bad years because they sell everything they they stolen everything from army from all all the things but now for why our army now is really strong because we have war from six years they was training they was uh, doing the things you know and now we receive a lot of uh, weapons a lot of tanks uh, a lot of help so for this we are army with the balls now for so this will be not easy to kick us out uh, uh, in, in some region we already going in forward uh, to bring out the, to kick out the, the Russian for this the, 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 the thing will be years and years for sure but also one thing is good because we will receive the help and country will be developed a lot in the next years is only one good things. Tanto di capello and how long is Juan Pelopes going to keep the Maglia Rosa? <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, still 3-4 days. <laughs> yeah, we will fight this weekend maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know like uh, he is really young guy, explosive, exp- exp- like you know he's uh, he need to learn a lot but uh, he did already some steps from last year in the Vuelta to now uh, yeah. And uh, for, for, for us, for the team, also for him, it's really big, big things to have uh, Malia Rosa. You know, his life will change after these days. And yeah, we will keep fighting for the, for the next days. But uh, for sure, I hope not. Some days he will be difficult, but many riders will be difficult because, you know, some riders will be, uh, go back for this. We will fight till the, till the final.